0: everyone welcome to meet the rocketopolis i'm miss like rocketopolis and i'm lance rocketopolis and today we're going to talk about trust so trust is important in all human relationships people are social animals and we have to be able to rely on each other for our survival but when you're in a power exchange relationship trust is extra important for both the sub and the Dom. The sub needs to trust that the Dom has their best interests at heart and will do anything they can to keep the sub safe.
1: And there's also the initial fear that a slave has that he may be getting into a relationship with a socio or psychopath. For the Dom, They might be looking to see if the sub is only looking for their own sexual gratification.
0: Right. And that's, you know, that's a very real possibility that certainly happened with our last prospect for polyandry. Turns out that that person really had no interest in any kind of long-term TPE situation, even though he said that he did. So, yeah. That's
1: always unfortunate when you're looking for a life partner.
0: And the Dom needs to trust the sub to consistently follow through on what he agreed to do at the start of the relationship. Bottom line, if both partners can't be trusted to follow through on their power exchange agreements, the relationship is doomed. Or it should be anyway.
1: So how does one develop trust in a relationship? In our case, we have compatible needs. Yours is to dominate and mine is to be dominated. Initially, we talk things through to get to know each other and figure out what our goals for a relationship would be. But what are the benefits of trust? First off, I can think of better communication and an understanding of each other. This includes more honest communication. It builds intimacy. It allows one to be vulnerable. It also allows us to be able to push each other's boundaries. Trust leads a power exchange couple to explore more intense types of kinky play. It can even be non-negotiated kinky play. It can include something unexpected and surprising in your play. And that's always a wonderful benefit. Contrary to that element of surprise, there is also predictability of how your partner will react in whatever situation that you find yourself in. Since trust brings that understanding of each other, a dom generally knows how a sub will react in a certain stressful play situation.
0: Do you find that I am predictable?
1: Um, I don't think so. <laughs> Um, That's one of the joys I get is when you do something unexpected. But I was talking more about like safety issues that predictability is comforting.
0: Yeah, because I like to be unpredictable. Mm -hmm. Since a young age, I've always wanted to be shocking people out of their initial perceptions of, Mm -hmm. of who I am.
1: So what does trust mean to us? I think it is the belief in someone's honesty and integrity, that they will act in accordance with who they truly are.
0: Well, some people fundamentally lack honesty and integrity. Can you still trust them? I actually think that I can. I can trust them to be themselves. I've had to work with and socialize with a lot of untrustworthy people over the years. And it just means that I need to remember that I can't rely on them to do what they say they're going to do or be consistent in any way.
1: Uh, So they're reliably
0: unreliable. unreliable. Yes, like consensual (laughs) non-consent, reliable unreliability.
1: Yeah, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. It's not that I trust everyone, but I usually give people a lot of opportunities to show themselves for who they are before I judge them to be untrustworthy.
0: So today we're going to use an article on trust from a website called The Good Men Project. And the article lists 18 quote expressions of trust. Unlike other articles that we've used recently to help structure an episode, this one doesn't flesh out any of the items on the list. It's kind of bare bones. So we aren't going to go through everything on the list, but what we are going to do is go over some of them in much more depth. So the first expression of trust is being compassionate. A definition of compassionate from Merriam-Webster is sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it, to alleviate the stress. It's interesting to me that trust is associated with compassion. Both are positive emotional states, I guess, of course they are, in a relationship, but I've never put them together. I've never thought of trust and compassion as going together necessarily. One certainly doesn't have to trust someone in order to have compassion for them. Have you ever had a friend who was a drug addict? you know you can still love that person and and help them how you can without necessarily trusting that you, they aren't going to rob you or that they're going to be where they said they were going to be but maybe it's about how compassion can sometimes make the compassionate more vulnerable
1: sure i definitely feel vulnerable when women cry and i guess that's why i don't like it when i see a woman crying kind of makes me feel a little helpless. But more so, I feel like she's doing that to manipulate me. Um, And I don't like that at all. Uh, You certainly don't need to manipulate me. So with you, it's genuine. And I do have to realize that and be compassionate and try to, you know, get more understanding of what you're going through.
0: Right. So you're afraid that the tears aren't authentic. And so that's why you don't feel like being compassionate because you feel like they're trying to get something out of you. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you're not the first man I've heard that from. And I have experienced that with people myself, people Mm -hmm. who use tears to manipulate, but I don't know that that's the norm or even that common. Mm. So what does compassion look like in our relationship For me, it means accepting each other's kink needs. That's the most compassion that I've ever found in my life. When I discovered that submissives wanted me to be myself with Mm -hmm. them, that felt like a miracle. It felt like compassion from the universe Mm -hmm. just flowing onto me. And, you know, as we were talking about this episode... I began to see needs as connected to one's authenticity or sense of self. Does that follow? Mm -hmm. As though our needs point to who we really are. And it took me a very long time to accept my authentic self.
1: Right. As kinksters, we need to be aware and be compassionate about the shame that we've had to overcome and accept our kinks. And the way that compassion manifests may take on different forms. One would be to be patient with your partner and allow them to grow in their role at their own pace. Another would be to show them that it's okay to embrace that edgy side of oneself. But when it comes to being compassionate about what I'm suffering in an impact session, then compassion probably isn't a good thing because then the session wouldn't likely go very far.
0: Good point. <laughs> so the second expression of trust that we're going to talk about is having faith in someone regardless of who they spend time with. This is interesting uh, that you know remember this is from a better men mm. article. and I'm guessing that what they mean there is not to be jealous. Right. Having faith in someone regardless of who they spend time with, how could that mean anything else but jealousy?
1: That's what it sounds like to me.
0: Yeah. So I guess the idea is that, like, you say to your girlfriend, Yeah, you can go to a movie with my best friend from college, and I won't assume that you're going to fuck him. Right. I <laughs> <laughs> and and what I find interesting here is the ambiguity in the word faith. Does faith imply here, that the guy wholeheartedly believes that she would never cheat on him with his best friend? Or is it more that he's going to ignore his feelings of jealousy and choose not to react? Because feelings of jealousy might be difficult to control. Like, it's way more difficult to control one's feelings than to actually control their behavior.
1: Right. For for me, it's real easy as a slave to conceptualize my attitude towards jealousy. Simply put, I enjoy being your property and being owned by you. And when I feel that, I also feel that I'm being loved. Other kingsters, including submissives, are polyamorous. But I don't think that would work for me. We are in a power exchange relationship where you have all the power and I don't get any of it. Or to put it another way, I have only the power that you give me. I do get off on that discomfort that comes with jealous insecurity. We don't have much experience with polyandry, but I'm hoping that I would embrace that discomfort and use it to improve my service to you. You having sex with other men wouldn't really be a problem for me. Actually, it would give me a sense of compersion. And if you don't know that term, just look it up in the uh, polyandry circle. <laughs> just circles. look it up. <laughs> yeah, it's actually driving pleasure from seeing another's <laughs> pleasure, which is weird because of the importance and intimacy I associate with PIV sex. The biggest problem with it would be if I got to spend less time with you because I do enjoy your company.
0: Yeah, I do get jealous and that is why it's polyandry and not polyamory. I don't want to share. I am possessive and that's why I'm your owner. I just don't have it in me to do polyamory. So the next expression of trust is being considerate of the other person's needs. So this could be many different categories of needs, sexual needs, social needs, financial needs, emotional needs. But I like the word considerate here because it doesn't necessarily mean that you're always responsible for meeting the other person's needs. It just means taking their needs into account, considering them, factoring them into your life together. And maybe also just allowing people to meet their own needs, right? Not getting in the way. Adults are responsible for meeting their own needs, at least in most cases. I mean, if I think I have a health issue, I might need the advice or skill of a medical professional, but it's on me to go to the doctor. But in other parts of our life together, we do have needs that the other person can't or won't always meet. For example, there are a lot of hardcore things that Lance would like me to do to him that I'm very hesitant to do.
1: Like the brand new kink that I just found out about. It's actually a toy called the ovipositor. It's where you would be injecting gelatin eggs up my butt to simulate an alien possession. It's basically role playing me becoming an alien incubator.
0: Right. And not only is that not hardcore, but it's like the silliest, most pointless type of <laughs> role play that I could ever imagine. It would just be inserting jello into your butt. I mean, would you want me to dress up like an alien? Would would you want me to, like, stalk around?
1: Now I'm getting the sense that you're kink-shaming here. I I admit that it's silly and goofy, but I find many things in the BDSM world silly and goofy.
0: I think I'm going to reserve the right to kink-shame you, especially for the (laughs) alien ovipositor kink. We actually had a a lengthy discussion about that all weekend (laughs) long. Um, Yeah. So the next expression of trust is not dominating or controlling your partner. Hmm. So in the vanilla world, this seems like a good idea, but it's a kind of truism in the power exchange world that there's actually no such thing as an equal partnership in any kind of relationship, including vanilla. Or at best, that power isn't so much shared between vanilla partners As it is divvied up, the decision making responsibilities are divided between the partners. Yeah. Like one partner is deciding what to do with the kids or what to eat that night, and the other one is deciding where they should live, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess.
1: Yeah. But for us and in the BDSM world, a healthy relationship is controlling your partner. Our relationship basically wouldn't work if you were not controlling me.
0: Yes. And I think that a lot of vanillas would have a really hard time understanding this, let alone accepting that it's okay. Mm -hmm. So another expression of trust would be believing that your partner knows what's best for themselves. This one is interesting because this list does come from an article, especially for men, And so I guess that the idea is that some men think that they know what's best for their female partners or maybe their male partners. Hmm. In my experience, it has always been the other way around. The woman is typically expected to do that kind of caregiving. Like now, now, you know, you need to lower your cholesterol. So I'm not going to give you cheese tonight or whatever. Right.
1: This is an item that works only one way for our relationship. I don't believe that I can dictate what's best for you, but you can for me. You repeatedly corrected me early on in our relationship not to give you unsolicited advice, even though I was coming from a place of me trying to help you. It's just (laughs) it's not acceptable. It is not
0: acceptable. I do not want unsolicited advice from you or from anyone. But there's a difference between advice and making suggestions or supplying valuable information. You are very good at supplying valuable information. And you do it fairly often. And I actually consider that to be an important part of your service to me. Again, it might just come down to the language you use. Presenting something as information is not the same as saying you should do this, you should do that. I mean, it's all about context. So the key skill is to be able to pick up on the context clues, which, you know, some people can do better than others. And I do think you sometimes have difficulty in picking up on context clues when it comes to things I say and do. But I have the same problem with you. After almost five years of being with you, I'm just now realizing how little I pick up on when it comes to your nonverbal communication. Hmm. I mean, verbally and nonverbally, it's like we're speaking completely different languages still. Sometimes, not all the time. So it's hard for me to know how to respond to gestures and sighs and tone of voice. And I've honestly never had that problem with another <laughs> partner or friend. Hmm. I can get irritated and triggered by other people's ways of communication. but at least I'm getting the message. With mm-hmm. you, I'm largely just not getting the message.
1: <laughs> yeah, other people have complained about me sighing or taking a deep breath and confusing that with them thinking that I'm stressed out and or feeling impatient. Yeah, uneasy. Um, but it's really me just remembering to breathe properly.
0: Right, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. (laughs) But I think it is getting better little by little. At least I'm not like getting triggered by the size as much. So the next form of expression is trying to resolve conflicts in a mature and healthy manner. So the operative word here is trying. That doesn't mean we always succeed. So far, we have been able to resolve conflicts, but man, oh man, it can be a long and painful process.
1: Hmm. I think I have a different perspective. I think we talk in a mature and healthy manner. We do have open and honest conversations about our disagreements.
0: I agree that the conversations are open and honest. I don't think they are always mature and healthy. Hmm. Interesting.
1: So is there a difference in the BDSM or kinky aspect of conflict resolution? I don't think so. We try to be respectful of each other's feelings. Many of the same techniques that people espouse for ordinary relationships would work in a kinky context or kinky relationship. Whenever we're having an argument, it's like we'll say that I am outside the dynamic and I think they're Maybe some truth t- or that there is some truth to that. During those conflicts, I feel it's necessary to approach each other as equals in order to resolve it. What I think we do well in those situations is that we brainstorm together. We both keep an open mind to possibilities of what might work.
0: Yeah, and I have to just say that I don't accuse you of being outside of the dynamic Whenever we're having an argument, that is not like a go-to catchphrase that I use just Mm. because you're disagreeing with me. That's not what's going on. You're outside of the dynamic when you interrupt me five times after I've told you not to interrupt me. It's when you're not (laughs) obeying. Our dynamic is not that you're supposed to agree with everything I say. Mm -hmm. It's you're supposed to do everything I tell you to do. And if I tell you to stop interrupting me and you keep interrupting me, That's outside the dynamic.
1: Okay, I guess coming from my previous relationships, how we converse and argue is far more mature and healthy.
0: So our next expression of trust is being respectful towards our partner. And it's pretty simple. For me, it means soliciting his views on a given topic and respecting the fact that he has more knowledge about some topics than I do.
1: Yeah, for me, it means talking to you in good faith without getting angry and insulting. It also means remembering that you are the leader of our relationship and that you are not in it to fulfill my BDSM desires.
0: Very good. So the final expression of trust that we're going to talk about is making each other feel safe. So what does that mean to make another person feel safe or to help them to feel safe? What does Mm -hmm. it mean to Vanillas? Feeling safe was so important to me in my 20s that I chose a life partner almost solely for the reason that I knew he would never leave me, and I ended up leaving him. The older I get, the less I seem to need feeling safe emotionally And I think that's because I feel safe inside myself. Hmm. And it surprises me because I don't remember ever believing that I would ever feel safe emotionally. But as soon as I left my husband, I started having a lot of adventures that showed me that I could find safety in me, Mm -hmm. that I could be safe with myself.
1: Yeah, and we talked about the healing benefits of rejecting one's shame. And I think that's wonderful. Overall, I've never had a problem with trusting you in keeping me safe. There was that time though, where you were stepping on my face and I kind of freaked out, but we talked about it and we came to a good resolution about that. And it reminded me that I have safe words and that I should have been using them instead of acting out Let's go back to the definitions. Many of the definitions that I've seen include strength in their definition. And I'm not sure exactly what um, they mean by that.
0: Well, let's see. The strongest part of me as a dom is the part that has zero doubts that 24-7 TPE is the only kind of romantic relationship that I'm interested in. Maybe what is so strong for me there is the fact that there's no ambiguity.
1: Mm.
0: So requiring that is a kind of a self-care. It's knowing that I don't want any ambiguity in a relationship. Right. <laughs> um, so that is strength and self-esteem, strength in, in self-care and self-respect, just accepting the fact that I need full and complete submission. And then there's the part of my certainty about my fitness for my role. And that certainty is knowing that I have to keep growing in the role. I have to keep learning and getting better at it. Like someone may have the calling to be a teacher or a religious leader, but they still have to learn how to do it. So part of my strength needs to be keeping the faith that this role is right for me, even when I fuck up and when I'm at a complete loss as to what to do in a given situation. And, you know, I mean, I've experienced that very recently, just feeling like I have no idea what to do about this right now. Mm -hmm. And we got through it with your help.
1: Yeah. So it's my turn now to talk about strength as a submissive. Why should you trust me? We talk frequently about being our authentic selves. And I think you know that I am a submissive and trust in that fact. You've tested me early on and continue to test my obedience, and I hopefully pass those tests consistently. And I hope you understand that it is a strong need in me to be this way, to be happy. And throughout my life, I've tested and pushed myself to be obedient. Whenever I've had fears, I tend to lean into them and to learn about what is causing that fear. And that includes practicing forced by, cross-dressing, but in my life, it goes beyond sexual things. I do challenge myself constantly.
0: So this concludes our discussion of trust. Thank you very much for joining us. In our next episode, we will discuss coercive power, the power of threat. Not just physical threat, but all kinds of social, emotional, economic threat. This is one of those types of power that a lot of male subs seem to dream about, so it should be interesting to explore. So until next time, have a great week.